Well, hello, my friends, and welcome once again to Declaring Liberty. I am your host, Mark Romano, and today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. And as you know, Donald Trump was arraigned yesterday on 34 felony counts. And that is what we're going to talk about here today. But I am going to talk about things um, with respect to this case that I haven't really heard talked about anywhere. And uh, I want to also address some things that have been said uh, that I take issue with. I am not going to just repeat what you have no doubt heard repeated over and over and over about this case because that would be boring. Now, before I get to that, I, I want to say something here. I think this is important. You hear a lot in the commentary about this, including from a lot of people who are happy that Donald Trump has been indicted, but they'll say that, you know, this is a dark day for America. Oh, it's so terrible that we've indicted a former president. No, it's not. It, it's not terrible at all. It's not a dark day for America. This is, in fact, a very good thing for America. It's actually a very healthy thing for our republic. Um, and I don't want to get into that too much right now. I did a video about this the other day where I get in into some depth about this. So please, I encourage you to go over to my YouTube channel and check that out. The video is called... Uh, why prosecuting presidents is a good thing. Go check it out. It's very important. Uh, but the gist of that is we don't have any other way to hold presidents accountable, to keep them in check, to keep them from abusing their authority. You know, we give presidents a great deal of power. But we need to put mechanisms in place to constrain presidents from abusing that power from committing crimes. And the framers did that with the impeachment process. But the impeachment process has proven to be completely ineffectual. In the entire history of our republic, we have never removed from office a single president through the impeachment process. And I talk in the video about why that is, but it is. And so it's a process that has failed to keep presidents in check. So all we're left with is the criminal justice process. But that has, up until now, that has failed to keep presidents in check. Why? Well, because we have a stupid memo inside the Department of Justice, which is controlling on policy there that says, well, we, we, you, you can't indict a sitting president. And then we have, by tradition, not prosecuted former presidents once they leave office. You know, Richard Nixon assured, would most certainly have been prosecuted after he left office, but he wasn't because he was pardoned. And Gerald Ford, you know, sort of kind of set the precedent for not prosecuting former presidents because it would tear the country apart or whatever. I don't agree with that at all. So that's the situation we've set up over time in this country. You're never, you're, so, so what's the, let me put it this way. What is the message that we have sent to presidents? We have sent the message to them that you don't have anything to worry about. You could do whatever you want. You can abuse your authority. You could commit crimes and nothing's going to happen to you. 
because you know you're not going to be removed from office. Donald Trump, Donald Trump tried to literally overthrow the republic. And he incited a violent insurrection against his own government in order to do it. And even that didn't result in him being convicted in the Senate in the impeachment trial. Even that wasn't good enough. So, presidents have been sent the message, you're never going to be kicked out of office. You might be impeached, but you'll never actually be removed from office. You won't be charged with a crime when you're in office because we got this stupid memo that somebody wrote. Who wrote it? Who, who the hell knows? Some career friggin' bureaucrat lawyer inside the DOJ. But that just governs the whole country now. Can't indict a president. So you won't be removed from office. You won't be charged with a crime when you're in office. And we don't prosecute former presidents either. So you can do whatever the hell you want with no consequence. I don't know exactly what that is, but that's not a president as the framers put that office into the Constitution. They are not supposed to be above the law, but in essentially, that's what they have been up until now. And that is why I say it is a good thing that we have indicted a former president because finally, that idea that United States presidents are above the law while they're in office and even after they leave office, that's no longer the case. They are no longer above the law. So that's a good thing. Is it a good thing that we, you know, elected a criminal president to office? No, that's not a good thing. But the fact that we indicted him once he left office, that is a good thing. That is a healthy thing for the republic. So maybe future presidents will be on notice that, you know what, maybe I can't get away with anything that I want to. Maybe I should not abuse my authority. Maybe I should not commit crimes, because guess what? Even though there's this stupid legal memo in the DOJ that says I can't be prosecuted while I'm in office, as soon as I leave, I might be prosecuted. So maybe, maybe I better be on a little bit better behavior as I wield the power of the presidency. And by the way, with that stupid DOJ memo, that needs to be gotten rid of. Okay, Mr. Law and Order, Mr. You know, Merrick Garland... Would somebody wake him up? Does, does he just nap all day or something? What does this guy do? Anyway, if somebody sees him on the couch inside the DOJ, somebody, you know, nudge him awake and tell him, you know, you might want to revisit this ridiculous memo. You know, it's not really healthy to tell presidents you can do whatever you want when you're in office and nothing's going to happen to you. Not, not, not so good. Okay. Um, one other thing before I get to my list of subject matter here. Uh, Donald Trump likes to put forth this idea that he's not scared. He's a big, tough guy. He's an alpha male, right? And he welcomes this indictment because he wants to be a martyr. He wants to show everybody that the deep state is still trying to get him, but they'll never, they'll never succeed because he's a tough guy. Um, that's all BS. Did you see the images from yesterday? Did you see the video of him walking into the courtroom? Did you see the picture of him in the courtroom? Did you see his insane speech at Mar-a-Lago last night? When that man walked through the doors on his way to the courtroom, the look on his face told it all. And by the way, I gotta love it when the security guard didn't even hold the door open for Donald Trump. Perfect. 
But the images of him coming through that door, the still photos we saw from inside the courtroom, the look on his face, this is not a man who is embracing his role as the martyr, as the victim of the deep state. This is a man who's scared to death. This is a man who is shitting orange bricks in his depends. And, and that speech he gave at Mar-a-Lago gave away everything. And we're going to get to that. The point is, he's, this is not what he wants, regardless of what he and his people are trying to say. The guy is scared to death. And he should be. Maybe not so much about this case. Well, we're going to get... We're going to get to it. Going to get to it. Okay. What else? All right. Um, I've heard a lot of commentary, which frankly, I have found uh, a little ridiculous from all these legal experts on cable TV about these charges. Now, before I begin, I am not an expert, just so you know, on New York state law. I am not uh, licensed in New York. I've never practiced in New York. So my legal knowledge is general, not specific with respect to New York state law. That having been said, um, as a lawyer, as a former prosecutor and defense attorney, I can detect the bullshit when I hear other people who don't know what they're talking about pretending that they do. And I see that day in and day out from the legal experts on cable news. And if you'll notice, nine times out of 10, when you're watching one of these cable news shows and they have their legal experts on, if you notice, they're almost always former federal prosecutors, right? Which is fine, right? I'm sure they have their expertise, but here's the problem. This is not a federal crime. This is a New York state crime and it's controlled by New York state criminal laws. And unless they have also practiced in New York state courts, then they are not experts on New York state law or criminal processes. And they might be expert in the federal system, but not in New York. Just like I'm not an expert in New York, the problem is for them, they pretend to be experts on whatever the hell they're talking about when they're not. I at least tell you when I know what the hell I'm talking about and where, you know, my knowledge uh, might be a little lacking because I'm not an expert in that area. But on cable news, they almost never tell you that. I won't go there. Um, so, here's the thing. If you want to get a really informed opinion about any topic, you want to hear from somebody who has experience with that topic. So, why the hell do these cable news programs not find former state prosecutors from New York to discuss this case? Because we're, and here's the reason, because former federal prosecutors sound so, so much more prestigious, right? That's why. Oh, well, he's a federal prosecutor. Oh, that must be better than a New York state prosecutor, right? No, that's ridiculous. They're just two different systems. You're not, you're not superior just because you're practicing in the federal court versus some lawyer who's just practicing in the state court. They're just different systems. Each state has their own system, their own statute, their own criminal law procedures, and the federal government has their criminal statutes and criminal law procedures. None is superior to the other. They're just different systems. 
And so just because someone's a former federal prosecutor doesn't mean, you know, they're going to have a, a, a more intelligent analysis than someone who might have been a former New York state prosecutor. In fact, it's exactly the opposite when you're talking about a New York state criminal case. I'd much rather hear from the person who's practiced in New York state criminal courts than some federal prosecutor who never stepped foot inside one. But no, we got to hear former federal prosecutors talking out their ass all day. There is an exception. I have seen two um, legal experts brought on credit where credit is due um, onto MSNBC. They are two former um, assistant district attorneys, felony prosecutors from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Seems like they might have a good opinion and something smart to say on the subject, given that they are former prosecutors in that office who practiced New York state criminal law. Just, I just want to put that out there because it, it, it annoys the crap out of me. And a lot of the commentary that I have seen on this has been driven by these former federal prosecutors. They say something and then all the non-lawyers start repeating all that because, well, former federal prosecutor said it, so it must be true. And so a lot of stupid commentary is flying all over the place. Just wanted to put you on notice with that. Now, with respect to these charges, real briefly, you got 34 counts. There are 34 misdemeanors. The base crimes are misdemeanors. Falsification of business records within the Trump administration, uh, Trump organization. Falsification of business records is a misdemeanor in the state of New York. But if the falsification of business records was done with the intent to commit another crime or to conceal the commission of another crime, then it is elevated to a felony. So that's how you got from 34 misdemeanors to 34 felonies in this indictment. Now, when, when you have a case like this, the defense will seek to attack the case on two separate you know, tracks, legally and factually. Okay? They'll argue about the facts. He said this, he said that, this document shows this, this document doesn't show that. The facts, right? That's what a trial is about, fact-finding. That's what a jury is there for. They are the finders of fact. They get to make ter- determinations about what the facts of the case actually are. Then they are given a charging instruction at the end where they're told what the law is and then they're told to, if you make such and such factual finding, you apply it to the law and then you, you, you get guilty or not guilty, right? That's for the jury. Before you get to trial, both sides will argue on legal grounds, okay? From now until the trial starts, the defense is going to file motions. And these are not motions that are going to deal with, you know, you're not going to be asking the judge to make a factual finding. You're going to, you're going to be making legal arguments to the judge for the judge to make legal findings about the case. Now, one thing that they're going to try to do, I'm sure, is to get the case dismissed for some reason. And they'll try to come up with legal reasons to dismiss the indictment. They might say that uh, there's, there's pleading insufficiencies in the indictment. They didn't comply with the statute. All right, maybe it doesn't allege all the elements that the statute requires. And because it's legally insufficient, you have to quash the indictment. All right, they might do something like that. 
One area that I've heard talked about a lot is this idea of the second crime, right? You need another crime to elevate the misdemeanor to a felony. That, that the misdemeanor was done with the intent to commit or conceal another crime. In the indictment itself, a lot has been made about this by all the experts. Um, in the indictment itself, they don't specify what that second crime was. And a lot of the commentary has been, oh, well, that's a big hole in the indictment. You know, Trump's attorneys might get it dismissed because of that. A lot of these so-called experts, what they do is, this is my problem. So say you're talking about a federal prosecutor talking about this case, right? They analyze the case based on their own experience at the federal level, practicing in the federal courts. The problem is, like I said, they're different systems, different rules, different requirements for pleadings and all these kinds of things. But what they're doing is they're applying their experience at the federal level to the state crime. Well, that's like apples and oranges, okay? At the federal level, they have certain requirements for an indictment. The requirements are different from state to state. In New York, apparently, again, I'm not an expert on New York state law, but from what I understand, you don't have to specifically allege what that second crime is at this stage. You don't have to include it in the indictment. In my experience, and I practice in two different states, in those states, they do pretty much bare bones indictments. They, they plead in the indictment the bare minimum that is legally required in the indictment. The facts get flushed out during the pretrial and the run-up to the trial and all this kind of stuff. But as long as you're complying with the statute in terms of what you include in the indictment, you're fine. And apparently, New York state laws, you don't have to allege that part of it right now in the indictment. And by the way, wouldn't Alvin Bragg have to be a complete freaking idiot to leave out something like that if it was required? Right? He'd have to be a moron. Is anyone alleging that the guy's a blithering idiot? I don't think so. Not only would he have to be an idiot, but everybody else on his staff. It's not just him squirreled away in some office inside the Manhattan DA's office. No, he's doing this as part of a team. They'd all have to be blithering idiots to indict a former president of the United States and then not even include all elements that are required in the indictment. He'd have to be an idiot. I don't think he's an idiot. And by the way, that would be a gift to Donald Trump now, wouldn't it? Because he'll get this thing thrown out of court. He'll get this dismissed. It'll never go to a jury. If, if the law requires that this second crime be included in the indictment and they didn't include it, then all Trump's lawyers have to do is file a motion to quash, cite the statute, point out that the indictment doesn't comply with the statute, and bada bing, it's dismissed. That would be a gift for Donald Trump, right? And Alvin Bragg would go down in history as the dumbest DA in American history. I seriously doubt that's going to happen. So, my point is, that's what would have to be the case for all these expert talking heads on cable news saying, oh, well, this is a big problem with the indictment. Grain of salt, my friends. Take all this commentary with a grain of salt. Um, what else here? Okay, another thing I've been hearing is, oh, people are people are disappointed in this. You know, even people who are are happy to see Donald Trump indicted, they're, they're very disappointed because <laughs> this is what I've heard a lot. 
there's nothing new here. And apparently their point is that because this is what was expected, this is, you've heard a lot of speculation about what was going to be in this indictment. And it was always speculated that it was going to be falsification of business records related to the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Well, that's exactly what it turned out to be. But because there was nothing new, they were all hoping for something new. They didn't want it to be just a boring falsification of business records case, right? They were hoping, and I had speculated that it could be, there could be other crimes because this DA's office had been investigating Donald Trump for lots of financial crimes as well. And and I was speculating that it, it could include some of those other crimes, and a lot of people were hoping that it would include some of those other crimes. And when it didn't, now they're disappointed because this is just so boring. They wanted something a little juicier, I guess, or a little more serious. But so just because it didn't, they didn't indict him for things that weren't anticipated somehow now it's what is this just an expectations game or is this a court of law i don't understand this they're disappointed because there's nothing new there's 34 felony counts for crying out loud of a former president that's not juicy enough for you no it's got to always be something new so it's an expectation game so i guess uh, i don't want to get there okay point is i think this is some pretty stupid commentary the other thing is, they're saying, well, you know, this this really isn't all that serious. It's just, they're really just misdemeanors. And then, you you know, you got to try to connect it to another crime. And then, I don't know, is that really serious enough to indict a former president? I don't get this at all. Misdemeanors are crimes, last I checked. So we're supposed to just say, oh, it's just, but, but they're not bad enough crimes. So we shouldn't indict a former president unless it's really bad. So let me get this straight. So presidents and former presidents should only comply with, you know, they should only be accountable under law if they commit crimes that are really, really serious. I mean, other people get prosecuted for misdemeanor falsification of business records. It's a crime. In fact, the felony to which it's been elevated tied to another crime as alleged in the indictment, carries up to four years in prison for each count. That's not nothing. Four years in prison. And even misdemeanors carry the possibility of jail time. You know, there's a lot of serious things that are crimes that are misdemeanors that people take seriously. You know, drunk driving. You can kill somebody drunk driving, but if you get on the road and you're driving drunk behind the wheel and you get arrested, that's a misdemeanor. Assault is a misdemeanor. You go walk up to somebody on the street and punch him in the face. That's a misdemeanor. But most people consider that to be a pretty serious crime. Misdemeanor. Theft up to a certain amount is a misdemeanor. Lots of things that are serious are misdemeanors. But no, I guess, I guess former presidents sh shouldn't be held accountable for misdemeanors. So I guess if Donald Trump went on Fifth Avenue, instead of shooting somebody, he punched him in the face... We should just let them get away with that because it's not that big a deal, apparently. It's just a misdemeanor. And nobody contests that the misdemeanors here are slam dunk cases. Okay? They question whether or not, le for legal reasons relating to statutes of limitations and, and some other things, um, whether it 
it is really a good charge to bump it up to a felony. But nobody contests that these are slam dunk 34, um, 34 counts of misdemeanors. The facts, there's, there's the documentation, I'm sure, is going to have Donald Trump dead to rights. Nobody's contesting that. Nobody's thinking, well, it's a pretty weak case on those misdemeanors. No, everybody thinks that the misdemeanors are probably slam dunk cases. But that's not a big deal. 34 counts of of crimes? That's not that's not a big deal cuz it's just a misdemeanor. And then and it's oh, it's you know, it's just a class E felony. That's the lowest level felony in New York. It carries up to 4 years in prison for each count. That's that's not nothing. But apparently uh, the hand ringers on cable news, it's not that big a deal. Ridiculous. You know, I find that insulting, quite frankly. Because the rest of us would be charged if we committed 34 counts of falsification of business records. If we committed misdemeanors, we would get charged. But I guess even peop- even those people on cable news, the ones who are saying we need, you know, we law and order. And I'm talking to people who want Donald Trump arrested, the ones who are the ones who are disappointed because there's nothing new here. You know, those people. I guess Donald Trump shouldn't be held to account like we would be for committing misdemeanors. Only serious felonies. And by the way, what does the Constitution have to say about that? Does the Constitution seem to think that misdemeanors are serious? Well, in the impeachment clause, it says presidents can be convicted and removed from office for high crimes and misdemeanors. High crimes and misdemeanors. They're serious enough to the founders that they put them in the Constitution to say that if you do this as president, you could be thrown out of office. Must be serious enough. But not enough, I guess, for some of those hand ringers on cable news. <sighs> okay. Another thing about this. For all of those hand ringers. No, I don't know. I don't know if this is serious enough to indict a former president over. What do we know about this case, this particular set of facts? Donald Trump didn't commit this crime alone. He had co-conspirators here, one of which was Michael Cohen, his former lawyer. And guess what happened to Michael Cohen for being involved in this scheme with Donald Trump? Anyone know? He went to prison. He went to prison for this. Now, not this exact crime because he was convicted at the federal level. And once again, the federal system is a different system. There's different crimes at the federal level. Okay, Donald Trump is being charged in state court for violating New York law. Michael Cohen was charged in federal court for violating federal laws. But it arose out of this exact same situation. It was all part of this scheme. Crimes related to this whole hush money thing that that Donald Trump orchestrated. Michael Cohen was prosecuted and he went to prison. And who prosecuted and prosecuted him and sent him to prison? The Justice Department under Donald Trump. Donald Trump prosecuted Michael Cohen and sent him to prison. Donald Trump's Attorney General, Bill Barr, the fat slob I just saw on TV the other day saying, well, oh, this isn't really that serious. They, this is just politicizing the uh, legal process. They shouldn't have indicted Donald Trump for this. But it was okay for Bill Barr, that same fat slob, to indict Donald Trump's co-conspirator and send him to prison for the exact same scheme. 
Send Michael Cohen to prison. Don't do anything to Donald Trump for the exact... They were part of the same damn crime. In fact, in Michael Cohen's indictment, prepared by Bill Barr's Department of Justice, i.e. Donald Trump's Department of Justice, they named Donald Trump as individual number one at whose direction and for whose benefit Michael Cohen committed those crimes. This is Donald Trump's very own Justice Department saying that. So it was serious enough to throw Michael Cohen in prison for, but we should let Trump skate on it. So still, two sets of rules. One for everybody else in the country and another for Donald Trump. Makes me sick. And again, a lot of these damn hand ringers on CNN and MSNBC and elsewhere who are disappointed because there's nothing new here. That's what you're getting in bed with. You're, you're right there with Bill Barr who says Donald Trump should get away with crimes and other people should go to prison for the same crimes. Okay. Another point about this. For all those people, ooh, there's nothing new here. This isn't so bad. Just let's talk about the politics for a second. Let's just step away from the crime aspect of this. Oh, before I get to that, just another thing about the the legal challenge on this and why these federal prosecutors, legal experts, annoy the crap out of me listening to them on cable news. Um, One of the things that they're saying is weak in the indictment is uh, having to do with this second crime. Remember? The misdemeanor, the falsification of business records in order to get it to a felony had to have been done with the intent to commit or conceal an, an, an additional crime, right? And since it wasn't alleged in the indictment, there's speculation about what it is. There was some allusion in the statement of facts that was released yesterday with the indictment. It's not an official court filing, um, but that statement of fact alluded to potential violations of election law, federal election law, state election law, tax laws, and maybe some other things. And so I heard some speculation that, well, you know, if uh, if the second crime is federal election law, well, then that's no good because um, there's a, a supremacy situation there. The New York state courts can't adjudicate federal election. Stupid commentary, stupid commentary, because you're not, they're not going to prove the... F- to, to to convict Trump on the federal election crimes. They're just saying it was done with the intent to commit that crime. They're not proving that crime. They're not charging him with that crime. They just have to show that it was it, that he had the intent to commit another crime. Now, is that sufficient under New York law? I don't know. I don't know. And neither do they. They have no idea either. Can, does it have to be that you intended to commit or conceal the commission of another state crime or could it be a federal crime? that does the trick under state law. We don't know, I don't know. You know what's gonna control on that? What does the statute say? What does the New York state statute say on this? And then, have there been court challenges on this and what has the case law come out to say? I don't know, and neither do they. You know how I know? They haven't cited any damn case law, so they're just talking out their ass. These are things that are, these are the legal challenges that will be brought before this thing ever gets to trial. And by the way, again, here's why I tend to believe just being, you know, practical, having an ounce of common sense, that 
the law is probably in the DA's favor. Why do I say that? Because he took the unprecedented step of indicting a former president. He knew how much scrutiny he was going to be under for having done so. He's not a moron. He's been doing this for almost a quarter of a century, okay? He was a federal prosecutor too. And he brought this case. You don't think that he would anticipate all these potential challenges? You don't think he and his lawyers anticipated all those things and made sure they were good on the statute law, they were good on the case law, that they fully flushed out all these potential legal challenges? You think they just said, oh, let's indict him for this. Should we check into it and maybe see what they... Nah, just indict him. No, that's not what they did. I'm sure they were very careful. They've checked into all these issues. They've briefed these issues. Okay, this is not new. They're not surprised by this. So that's why all these talking heads who've never even practiced in the New York court system, all their stupid speculation and, oh, it's a weak case. Shut up. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You really, shut, shut up. Okay, um, now stepping away from the law on this, the politics. Do you realize what we're talking about here? Not too long ago in the past, if a president, former president, future, you know, a candidate for president, if it had come out about that person that he had committed crimes, here misdemeanors, at the bare minimum, and whether or not he committed the crimes or not, the, the fact that, put the crimes aside, if it had been known that this candidate for president paid hush money to a porn star to keep her quiet about the fact that he was having sex with her in a hotel room while his wife was at home with their newborn son. If it was known, if that came out about that candidate, that candidate would have to drop out of the race in disgrace. He'd be run out of the party, never to show his face again in either party. Not too long ago. Now, not a single Republican gives a damn about that at all. The party of family values, right? All these Christian conservatives, right? Who wear their religion on their sleeve and throw it in your face all the time, right? These people, these holier-than-thou people, they don't give a damn about it. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, look at what we're talking about. The guy was paying hush money to a porn star he was banging at a hotel when his wife's at home with his kid. This guy's a scumbag of the highest order. Putting aside whether or not he committed a crime in doing all that, which clearly he at bare minimum committed a bunch of misdemeanors. He's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit. But no, no Republicans have a problem with this guy at all. And in fact, this is how screwed up it is. He's in a primary contest. He's got... Already two other announced candidates, Nikki Haley and Asa Hutchinson. Who's Asa Hutchinson? Yeah, look it up. He doesn't have a shot shot anyway, so it doesn't matter who he is. Former governor of Arkansas. Um, And there's going to be more, you know. Uh, Little Meatball Ron, he's going to, you know, he's widely anticipated to get in the race and a bunch of others. And here they are, given what would have been in the past a gift on a silver platter. You're running against someone who it's just been, you know, who, who, about whom we know he was 
banging a porn star in a hotel room while his wife is home with his newborn son and he's paying her hush money to keep her quiet. You know that about someone you're running against and you don't use it against them? Every single one of Donald Trump's potential adversaries um, for the Republican nomination are defending him on this. What the f*** has happened to this party? Are you kidding me? And in fact, since he's been indicted, he's only consolidated his support. He's, he now has more support among Republican voters and all his opponents for the primary, for the nomination are defending him. What the? And how cowardly and gutless are his opponents? You defend the guy you're running against who's just been indicted on 34 federal counts relating to paying hush money to a porn star and you're defending him and you're not even using it against him? This is just the most insane period politically speaking I, I can't even imagine it's just it's hard to even get your head around it okay um one last thing here before i go so donald trump gets arraigned 34 criminal charges then gets on his plane flies down to mar-a-lago and gives this much-anticipated speech. This is his first statement since being arraigned on criminal charges. And we were told this was going to be a defiant Trump who had all this energy from this, and he was going to, you know, get, wind up the troops, and it was going to be this great thing. It was nothing of the sort. It was rambling. It was incoherent. It was insane. It was unhinged. And it was nothing but grievance. And here's what was the most interesting from my perspective. Yeah, he complained about the New York case. He complained about the DA, made more veiled threats, you know, insulted the, the DA, insulted his wife, insulted the judge, brought his wife, the judge's wife into it, his, the, wife, the judge's daughter into it. And this just hours after the judge admonished him not to make these kinds of statements. And by the way, if you and I had done that, uh, we'd be hauled right off to jail for doing that, okay? Um, the special treatment continues is my point. Anyways, he said all that stuff about the DA and the judge. But he spent more time talking about the cases in Georgia and the special counsel investigation. He spent more time attacking them than he did attacking Alvin Bragg for the cases under which he is currently under indictment. He spent more time talking about these other cases. And that gives away everything. Because that is what where he's he's really got the most legal vulnerability. And his lawyers, I'm sure, have told him that. And that's what I've been telling you this entire time. And I'll repeat it here. Whatever is being said right now about these New York these New York cases, as soon as he is indicted in Georgia and at the federal level for the Mar-a-Lago stolen documents case and all the crimes related to his trying to steal the election and overthrow the republic, when he gets indicted for those things, no one's going to be talking about the New York case anymore at all. Nobody's going to be wringing their hands about, oh, is this really serious enough to indict a former president? No, you're not going to hear any of that. You're not going to hear about this case anymore at all. Because those cases are so much more serious. And they're all felonies. Serious felonies. 
That's what's going to be talked about. And that is what really has Donald Trump scared to death. And it should have Donald Trump scared to death. And by the way, while he's talking about that stuff, this guy's because he's such a friggin' moron, he gave more evidence for the prosecutors to use against him in those cases. He just flat out had made more confessions to the stolen documents case. He just flat out confessed his guilt during that rambling, incoherent statement at Mar-a-Lago. This is how stupid the guy is. He's scared to death. The worst is yet to come for him. The New York charges, they're serious. Any of the rest of us would have been indicted for this. And to me, that's the standard. Well, should we indict a former president for this? Is this, is this uh, serious enough to indict a former president? Here's my, here's my test for that, to answer that question. Would anyone else be prosecuted for this? If the answer is yes, then the answer to whether or not we should indict a former president is also yes. Because if it's not also yes, then we have two separate systems. That's what you're saying if you say anything other than that. So if anyone else would be prosecuted for it, then Donald Trump should be prosecuted for it. So that's where I stand on these New York cases. I don't think they're anywhere near as serious, legally speaking, as these other cases. But damn right he should be prosecuted because I know damn well any of the rest of us would be prosecuted for that. So, so too should he. But these cases yet to come, whoo-wee, that is where Donald Trump really has the most legal jeopardy. He knows it. And his speech last night proves that he knows it. He's scared to death and he should be. Okay, so I'm going to end this here. That's going to do it for now. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're going to, there's a lot more to say about this, and I'm going to cover this prosecution and all future prosecutions in great detail. So please subscribe. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't done so already, already because uh, I, I do a lot more on YouTube than I do on this audio version of the podcast. Uh, it's just easier for me to put more stuff up there more frequently. So you're missing, seriously, you're missing a lot if you're not uh, following me on YouTube. So please do that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Please take care and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.